lesson. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I don't know if your phone does this, but mine likes to remind me of many things. So does my, my watch. My least favorite is when my watch tells me to breathe. I really resent that because I've been breathing now for decades. So I think maybe I've mastered that and I, and I have that down. Thank you very much. But randomly, I'll get a notification that my phone has a new memory for me. And uh, it is a picture that pops up that it thinks that I would like to see that comes from my photo album that's on my phone. Well, the other day I, it was from a, a new memory for me uh, was a picture that I had taken at Disneyland. And there was at Disney, Disneyland this standalone sign it was about six feet wide by six feet high, and it looked like it was hand-painted by children. And it was standing in the middle of a section of downtown Disney. And roughly painted on it were the words, quote, stand here and think of someone you love. And people were standing in front of it and having their pictures taken. And I, of course, did the same thing. I took a picture of it too. <clears throat> and I think people felt good when they saw it and they smiled because they thought of someone that they loved because the sign told them to do that. It was, it was just this real simple reminder. I, in, I, I instantaneously thought of people I loved and I felt happy. And I thought it's so strange how we need signs so that we can be reminded of the most essential things in life. And faith is definitely like that. We, we need to be reminded about having faith. And sometimes quite honestly, we need a sign. Jesus performs lots of signs and miracles so that the disciples' faith will be strengthened. And these signs and miracles are to help us even today, although sometimes these, these witness accounts in the gospel just seem so far away and so incre incredible. How do we invest ourselves in these stories so that they become vivid signs for us today? Well, we've been hearing a lot lately of Jesus telling us to not be afraid and to believe and to have faith. Last week, the disciples were tossed about in a storm, water was getting in their boat, and they were afraid that they were perishing, and Jesus ended up calming the sea and all was well. It was about, to a certain extent, about letting go of fear and trusting in God. Well, today I want to talk about a different kind of fear, the fear of God. More to the point, the fear of intentionally entering into a relationship with God and what that fear means. Because to totally invest in faith, I believe we need to think about the fear of God. The fear of living into the mystery, this transcendence that has no explanation, that requires us to let go 
and have faith in something beyond ourselves. Now, the fear of God is an expression we hear, maybe not as often these days as in the past, and it has been misinterpreted as we must be afraid of a vengeful God, otherwise God will do something bad to us for not complying or for doing something wrong, that somehow God is somewhere way out there and we are left down here to our own devices alone and lowly. But fear has a double meaning in the Bible. On the one hand, we may be terrified of something like a storm capsizing our boat, but on, on the other, fear means to have reverence, uh, to be literally awestruck, awestruck. In fact, we can be kind of an, we can, fear can be actually an, an, an awesome uh, trepidation. And, and we can actually be energized by this fear and motiva motivated by the awe of it all if we let ourselves. When we are awestruck by something, we might even have the courage to pursue and take a risk because there can be an excitement in this awesomeness. Now, I admit, growing up in Southern California, I'm aware that I overuse the word awesome quite a bit. Uh, it's a word that is so overused that it's kind of, it's kind of lost its meaning and it's kind of lost most of its um, awesomeness, <laughs> but bear with me. What if we walked through these doors each Sunday, and I'm gesturing to the doors of the narthex, the, the, the front of the, the church. What if we walked through these doors each Sunday excited about the awesomeness of God. Now let's think about this concept just for a minute. Every time we come in here, or I would say every time we tune in online, we make the commitment to commune with the divine, whether we think of it in these terms or not. What if when someone asks us what we are doing this weekend, instead of saying, I'm going to church on Sunday, or worse, I have to go to church on Sunday. What if we said, I'm going to commune with the divine on Sunday. Can you believe that I really get to do that? That for an hour and maybe an hour and 10 minutes, that's what I get to do? I get to leave the hustle and bustle of everyday stuff and enter into relationship with the creator of life itself? You know, I can read the New York Times anytime. Do I really want to sleep in and miss this opportunity? <laughs> Think about how we start our worship, for instance. The celebrant says, the Lord be with you. And this is when we are doing a Eucharist inside the church. The celebrant says, the Lord be with you. And the congregation responds, and also with you. Now that's not a throwaway line. That is not a way of getting us all to regroup and pay attention to, you know, to get us to calm down from talking to each other. We've just prayed for the God of all creation, divinity itself, to be with each and every one of us here together. The Lord be with you and also with you. What an exciting thing, what a privilege, if you really think about it, that we get to be in relationship, in communion with the divine. And that is pretty, excuse me for saying, awesome. 
Worship, and I, I, I have probably said this before, but worship comes from the old English word worth-ship, meaning that when we come here to worship God, we are giving God worth. Not that we need to stroke God's ego, but we are making space for God, giving God worth in our lives because we are so awestruck, because it is, it is, it, it, it is all just, well, it's just awesome. See, I said it again. But to do this means we have to believe in a few things. And we have to have faith in a few things. One, that God exists. Two, that God cares. And three, that we are worthy about being in relationship with God. And four, that somehow we are changed by this relationship. And five, we must have the courage to want to change. And this is reciprocal. As we give God worth in our lives, we realize more and more that we then are worthy of God's love, that we are ultimately healed by this love in different ways. Now, today's gospel tells us that when we go forth in faith, we are healed. There are, there are two stories kind of sandwiched together in today's gospel. Mark often does this. I think uh, Deacon Mark talked about this last week, but literally it's called a sandwich. The top piece of bread is Jarius, a leader in the synagogue, one of the religious authorities running to Jesus and saying, come quick, lay your hands on my daughter, she is dying. That's the top, that's the top slice of bread. And then we have the bottom slice of bread of Jesus apparently raising the 12 year old girl from the dead. But in between these two pieces of bread, we, we, we literally have the meat of the sandwich. The heart of the reading today, the story of the woman who touches Jesus's robe in search of healing. And so Mark is telling us to focus on the meat of the story. Who is this woman? We don't really know, but we are given clues. She is hemorrhaging. The image is that she's bleeding profusely and has been for 12 years. We know the blood, that blood was a sign of impurity and to touch a woman who was bleeding was against purity laws. So this woman has been alone, untouched and ostracized for a very long time. She at one time had money, apparently, but she has spent it all on doctors, so, so she is poor, too. So she is a woman, alone in a crowd with no male protector, and this may even mean that she lived a shamed existence. She would not be allowed to participate in the religious activities at the temple, and she would not be privileged like Jarius. She would be one of the most vulnerable among the population. So she has to take matters into her own hands and not rely on the temple authorities. So she reaches out and she touches Jesus, a man, a religious figure with the knowledge that to do so would be a grave offense. She has just made Jesus unclean by touching him. She has just violated all social and religious codes by sandwiching this story in with Jarius's story, 
Mark wants us to know that it's not about the miracle or the signs themselves. It is about the woman's bold faith, her audaciousness to act out of this faith that is important here. That no matter how low we may feel or think we are, we are not an outcast when it comes to the power of Jesus to heal in our lives. It's not about the healing itself. It's about the faith that comes before the healing. It's not about religious or social status that matters. matters. It is having the audacity to be awestruck. The woman in the crowd is bold. This woman took a risk with her faith and reached out for herself to be made new. Now, this brings up many questions. What, you know, what does it mean to ask for healing? Why are some healed and others not? And this is a real struggle to come to terms with. Miracles happen, but not all are healed in the way we would like. But remember, it's not the miracle that matters. It is our faith that matters because we may have an idea of what healing means, but part of being awestruck about the awesomeness of being in relationship with God is to let go and trust in God that there are many different ways to be healed. Healing can be many things, peace, acceptance, awareness of God, something new that you didn't even expect. We may not be healed of a disease, but when we reach out and touch the robe of Jesus in prayer, maybe we will be healed of the fear of, the, of this disease or healed perhaps of the anxiety, healed of the gripping, debilitating fear of what lay ahead. Maybe a different aspect of our life will be healed. This may not ultimately be what we want, but we don't know all the ways that God sets about transforming us through our faith. We just don't know. Maybe the healing means shedding your old self, your old identity, and becoming more in line with what God wants for you and not about what, what you want for you. Maybe the healing is just to finally realize that we are loved and, and are, are worthy of, of love. Like the woman in the crowd, we are no longer outcasts. We can't physically reach out and touch the robe of Jesus, but it's, it's a good visual for when, for when we are praying, you know, see yourself in a crowd, see Jesus in front of you, take note of your anxiety or of your fear. Should you touch him? What will happen if you do? What if you actually do change? What would that mean? Ask yourself, is it easier to be comfortable living in your fear? Or are you open to what may happen when you reach out in faith? Are you open to receiving the love of God? So maybe we need a sign to remind us to be awestruck. Maybe we need a reminder of just what it means to live in the fear of God. And that is why it's important to come to church on Sundays Tune in on Sundays because everything we do is a sign to remember to have faith, to remember to be awestruck by the opportunity to commune with the divine, everything we do in church or everything that we are doing now online with this service. So I'll leave you with this thought. Perhaps the greatest sign 
in our tradition is the altar here. Remember that sign I talked about at the beginning, the one that said, stand here and think of someone you love. Well, that's what, that's what this altar is. The altar is a sign, a sign that says, stand or kneel here before this altar, stand or kneel here and know that you are loved. It's a remembrance, both virtual and immediate, to stand or kneel before the awesomeness of God and let the awesome trepidation lead you to being healed in ways that you'd never thought you'd see. Amen. <laughs>